0: it's not the end of the world, everything's gonna be okay. Doesn't mean you have to self-manage from however many thousands of miles away you are. Nothing like that has to happen. It's really not a tragedy. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal,
1: business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips,
0: because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Yeah. Back after a week
1: off. Accidental week off.
0: Sorry about that. It was an accidental week off. Heather was gone. I recorded one. Everybody should know that the brains behind this whole thing is on Heather's side, because when I logged in as Heather, (laughs) it just threw me on mute and... Unaware to me, I recorded an entire podcast with no sound,
1: <laughs> which is a small, important thing. Well, be, I mean, uh, if you
0: watch on YouTube, it would have been fun for 30 seconds <laughs> to watch me do my hand motions and everything, and no sound. It was just like nothing. So, yes. uh, anyway, I thought for sure it was done right because I can see this cool little green bar that's going up and down, but apparently it was on mute somehow. And so we called the company, we're like, find the audio file, it's in there somewhere. Nope, it's not there. So anyway, by the time we realized all of that, well, there was nothing we could do. So anyway, sorry about that. Yeah. No. But the good news is Heather's back. True.
1: And if you missed us, you should tell us. Send us an email. I'd love to know if people noticed. Because I got yeah, a I mean, couple text messages.
0: Yeah, people did text, like, hey, what happened? Usually we have some already in the can, yeah. but it's vacation season. And for whatever reason, Heather and I have overlapped our vacations quite a bit. So we haven't had a whole lot of days to do extra yep. podcast. All of that is really to let you know that there's no excuse that we missed last week, but we're sorry that we did. Mm-hmm. And that we didn't mean to because I did record one. It's just less effective without audio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not our favorite. It is like a new goal, though, that we're going to make sure that we have content that we can kind of shuffle in there because the tricky part is, is we love talking about current stuff. We like, hey, this article was just published today. Let's talk about it. And so it's kind of hard to have some extra episodes ready for you, so.
0: I kind of feel for the people who have actual shows, Mm. like on a daily basis, they're literally producing content on a daily basis talking about the current events. I don't know how they do that. That's so true. I don't know how in the world you could be strapped to a chair every single day and not be able to go anywhere. So, yeah. Anyway, for what it's worth, we're sorry. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. It's actually the first time in three years we've missed a week. I, I know. Think, so. Yeah,
1: I think so too. And well, anyway. crazy enough, we were just in the same location less than 24 hours ago, like 12 hours ago almost. I was yep. like, see you later, Ron. I said, gave a hug to Bobby Joe. So just got back from South Carolina. Flight landed three hours ago. So it's a good time.
0: Haven't seen Heather for eight hours. I know. So it's <laughs> been a long time. And anyway, we did uh, quarterly meetings for our company here, which if you're a business owner and you haven't done your quarterly meetings, the quarter is over. Yep. Effective today you are officially late on your quarterly meetings because the quarter is starts yeah. right now. Yeah, pretty much. That's true. So get your planning done, people. Get your planning done.
1: And we have been doing those remotely for what, Ron? Almost three years. I can't think of the last time we met face to face for those. I'm sure it's we have, been a long but-
0: time. But in person was a game changer. Oh. It's been a long time since we've done one in person, and well, we've done annual ones in person, but quarterly. It's been a long time since we've done one in person. Yeah, Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. So highly encourage you to do that as well off-site. It was cool having everybody at my house and we worked hard for the last two days. So
1: Yeah, literally because Ron has a killer home gym because those that listen religiously know that both of us really like to work out. So at one point or another, I'm sure we've both talked about a workout or some kind. But using the home gym, Ron has a tonal and I'm like still excited about that. It's been over a day.
0: It's a pretty amazing piece of equipment. I have a full gym. I mean, Heather, now you've been here. It's pretty legit. Gym. It is legit. Super fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I keep finding other cool things that I need in my gym. Quote, need air quotes on the need in the gym, but it's my happy place. I go there every day and it's where some of my best ideas come from. Something about working out, And your brain firing all at the same time, for me at least, produces really, really good ideas. So,
1: yep. And since you told me that, I've been really focused on that. Like, I mean, you told me that like a year ago that you have great ideas while you're working out. And I find if I'm paying attention, right, that I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like it's really cool. Some epiphanies this is a problem that is a consistent problem we need to address. Like a lot of that stuff. I have a little note on my phone that I'll just run over and type in a note so I remember to talk to you about it or handle it. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah. If I'm lifting heavy and I've got some crazy music on really loud, I typically don't have a lot of ideas, but I do lift more. So it's important. Sometimes I got to crank the music up, but a lot of times I'm just listening to books. Yep. Anyway, enough of that. We do have a topic today in spite of the fact that we haven't even talked about it yet.
1: But it came up in our meeting, so it's a segue. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good segue. Heather. Take it away, Heather. On the segue. Yes. Yeah,
1: so this is a question that is kind of an overarching thing. We used to get this question consistently from new clients, mm-hmm. right? Or a, a, maybe a concern or a worry, a fear, and it's buying property that you can't just go drive by, like on a consistent basis. So buying remotely out of the location where you live. I remember specifically one client, he probably is going to listen to this and send me a text message, but I remember one client meeting with him and he said, I just really like that I can manage my own properties and they're local to me and I don't have to pay a property manager. And I remember showing him the numbers and showing him that even though he self-manages, he can make way more money and not have to do any of the work in managing it. Right. Like having a professional property manager, mm-hmm. number one. And then There's number two-step
0: program for all of you <laughs> self-managers out there. Because
1: it just doesn't cash flow well enough, typically in the markets where our clients live. Right. Yep. So, and including the market where I live. So when I showed him all of that in the end, I remember his when the light bulb went off because you could see it in his eyes. And he turned to me and said something like, Yeah, I don't even know the last time I went by my property. Like I have in my mind. <laughs> But I want to manage it myself. But like, I don't think I've been buying over a year.
0: And then they're like, but I could, but I could. But I could. Well, I mean, you could go buy this one too. Yep. As often as you go by the other one, you could get on a plane and go see this one. You literally could do that like once every four years or however often you drive by your property. Yep. I find the same thing when I'm talking to people who have to self-manage. It's almost always that they, it's not that they want to self-manage. It's almost always that they're forced into self-management. Yes. Because the numbers don't work and they're sick of paying. They're like, why would I pay somebody all of that money? I'm like, all of what money? It's typically 8 to 10%. It's not that much money for all the work they do. Yes. It really isn't. And when you ask them, like, if I could give you $100 every month, you give me $100 every month, I'll do all of the work you do. I'll do the drive-bys. I'll do everything like that for you. Oh, yeah. That's no-brainer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Especially if it cash flows in addition to that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. In fact, I bought a property and the seller, because he knows me well, just this year has been convincing me that I should self-manage because the tenant is so easy to work with Heather. It's brand new construction. Like I'll handle some of the repairs because he knows me well. He's owned a management company before and it's killing me. It's been two months and I already texted him earlier this week and I said, (laughs) I just need a property manager. I'm getting like Venmo here, Venmo there. And I have no tracking I have no tax forms I'm going to have at the end of the year. And I'm like, this is not worth it. I'll pay the couple hundred bucks. I don't have to worry that I'm going to miss something.
0: So just not worth it to me. They're undervalued Mm -hmm. in so many respects. Mm -hmm. But we've discussed that before. True. So we will not flog the horse today on under...
1: All I know is that there are some things that you need to know in buying remotely. And some things that for me... I just don't have to stress about in buying remotely. And one of those is that property management piece, having professional property manager. with For us, we pre-negotiate all the terms. So the property management agreement is all pre-negotiated.
0: Here's the other thing, Heather. Some people are like, well, what happens if the property management company's no good? Like, well, I mean, odds, odds are if you buy from us, they probably are pretty good. But, 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 yep. Heather, over the years, we've been doing this for a long, long time. Over the years, we've had property management companies that were stellar. Yes, and turned to absolute dog crap. Yep, over two, three, four years. Yeah, five years. That happens. It happens, and it's not the end of the world. You just get another one. Yeah, I agree. Cut the cord quick. Get another one. It's not the end of the world. Everything's going to be okay. Doesn't mean you have to self manage from however many thousands of miles away you are nothing like that has to happen it's really not a tragedy
1: and one bad experience doesn't mean that you have to jump ship on all your properties too i've had a couple mm-hmm. clients just like oh i don't know real estate's not for me that kind of thing and i'm going man <laughs> it's not that bad
0: glad i didn't quit back then when the going got tough
1: true cuz that happens for sure and then another couple of things that really helped me in buying remotely is a good home inspector having A home inspector, go out, look at the property, look at all the major mechanicals, the major expenses, so I know the condition of the home, know what I'm getting into. That's super helpful. In fact, I just had a call today with Nationwide Home Inspection Company, and it was really, really helpful to say, okay, here's all the things. And I didn't realize how many things there are that we pre-negotiate and set up so that the home inspectors- a lot. Yes, the home inspectors do a good job.
0: And we make this so easy for people. Yeah. And because of that, and because we don't really talk about any of the stuff that happens behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. people don't realize what all goes into this. And people don't realize what goes into rehabbing the properties. It's hilarious sometimes. We'll get people, they'll look up a tax record, house was purchased for 100,000, and they're selling it for 150. And they're like, what the hell? Somebody's gonna $50, 000, going to make $50,000. No, not True. exactly. And God bless them if they do, so long as you get a good deal. Difference doesn't make. But they didn't. They did a whole bunch of work to that property too. And you can generally get the scope of work that they did. And it's a lot. It's a lot people are doing to yeah. a house that needed a bunch of work that we don't have to do when we buy the properties and you don't have to do when you buy the properties. Yeah, Same agreed. thing.
1: It makes all world of difference. And then I mean, one thing that drives me crazy is when inspectors kind of insert their own opinion. I mean, they can. So you have to have an inspector who's going to do a good job without throwing in there like this is a major problem and evaluate with a third party and all this stuff when we get to the bottom of it and it's really not a big deal. So having someone that has just sticking to the facts and not inserting their opinion as an
0: inspector. It's also really important that you understand where you're buying. For instance... If you're buying in Alabama and they say that the crawl space has moisture, no crap. Yeah. Everywhere in Alabama has moisture. Yeah. Literally everywhere. I don't know if you've ever been to Alabama before, but when you step off the plane, moisture. Yeah. You, you will feel like you're swimming through the airport. It's a humid place, like Charleston here where I'm at. If you have a crawl space, there will be humidity in it. Yeah. Promise. I promise. Unless the whole thing is encapsulated and you've got a dehumidifier under your house, which is wildly expensive for the price point that we usually sell, it is going to have humidity under there. Yep. And so if it's in your inspection report, you just expect that it's going to be in your inspection report if you're in a humid climate. And there's a whole host of things that are kind of like that. And then throughout the inspection reports, one of the things that's really comical to me is that the inspectors through the entire report do CYA. That's true. There's all these CYA comments in there. Yep. And I mean, most of them have nothing whatsoever to do with something that needs to be repaired. It's just a CYA. I'm not a licensed HVAC person. So you should get somebody to come out here and inspect the HVAC system.
1: I've seen that on new HVAC systems. Like the scope yeah, just is like, is brand on, HVAC, the like brand oh, new HVAC. And they're like, oh, you should have this evaluated by a qualified HVAC tech. Right. Agreed. I think having a good inspector that's reputable is super important. We tell our clients like, hey, we have one that we've vetted and we use, and you're welcome to use your own as well. There's no have to use ours. Because just going on Google and finding a home inspector, having some home inspections that have been done, and then owners owning those homes for a little while... That's, we'll drop a home inspector if we start seeing some consistencies that things appear. I mean, we don't, no way to really know, but things appear to have, have been missed. So we're like, well,
0: it's and Here's the other thing from out of state. When we moved here to Charleston, I flew in for the inspection. I'm not sure what I was thinking. I mean, I think I want to just come see the house and check it out yeah. without having realtors around and stuff, right? But I was with the inspector for maybe like 10 minutes and then he was off doing his thing. I never saw the inspector again. Like, I got the report days and days later when I was back home. There was really no reason for me to be there. None. I mean, I got to see the house again, which was kind of cool. And then I got the report, and it was a lengthy report, it had a bunch of stuff in it that he found. We negotiated those, some of the things on, not all of them, because some of them were stupid, but a lot of the stuff on there. I think Windows was a big deal and something else. And so we negotiated that with the seller. And then we moved in. And guess what? We found a whole bunch of other crap that he missed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. You can get pissed about it, but no one is going to find all the stuff wrong with your house. Nobody. Nobody is going to find it all. And I guarantee you, Heather, if I'd have called another inspector and had him go out there, he would have missed some of the things the first inspector found and found some things that the first inspector didn't find. Yep. I guarantee it. 100%. It's not a foolproof thing.
1: Yeah. I agree. And it's funny you say that because I am remembering... I mean, this was just November last year that we bought the house I'm in right now. And I came to meet with the inspector and you're right. He's like, yeah, here's this and here's that. I'll have this all in my report, but I'll just show you while you're here. And then you'll get pictures of what I showed you. I don't know. It is funny to think back where I'm like, yeah, I didn't really... It was more for me to be like, oh, I went there. It was nothing changed. Because I was present with the
0: inspector. Not a thing. As a matter of fact, this is going to take me several hours. So you can hang out if you want. And I was like, No, yeah, well, I'm same. out. Because you can come when I'm done. And I'm like, yeah. But for what? Like, exactly. what's going to happen? You're going to show me something that's going to be in the report. I don't need to see it. Exactly. And that's kind of the thing that everybody needs to understand when you're buying out of state. You're going to get an inspection report. They're going to send it to you. And your inspection report is going to have a bunch of crap on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's literally, you're paying an inspector to go find yes. all of the stuff wrong. Minuscule crap, big crap. All of it is going to be on the inspection report, right?
1: Yep. And
0: That's not the end of the world. Yeah, true. Heather, what's next? Like, if I get, a, am the buyer. I just got this inspection report. And I'm like, whoa. I have a full summary page of items that he's suggesting that I get fixed. And I need to hire five more inspectors to inspect the roof and the HVAC and the plumbing and the electrical and whatever else. Yeah. Now what, Heather?
1: Well, now we coordinate repairs with the seller. I mean, this is our process, right? But if you're purchasing remotely, you can follow the same process. But we require our sellers to repair everything on the summary page of the inspection and then send proof that those repairs are made. So in the form of usually photos, there's some things that you repair and it looks the same before and after. And so it's a little tricky. So like an invoice or sometimes we'll have a video. So a good example of that is the tap, um, the faucet in the bathroom is super, super slow. (laughs) And so they'll send a video showing that it was no longer slow, right? Stuff like that. But For the most part, photos or invoices work great. And having all of that keeping it and storing it. So that way, if anything comes up, you can show that. In fact, I just had a client that had an accident at the house he owns where the deck collapsed and the deck was on the inspection report. And we had the proof of repair and a photo showing it was repaired. And I was able to send that to the insurance adjuster. I mean, it was a game changer for him. So keeping that stuff is helpful. Having your inspection report from when you purchased, super helpful so keeping a record is good
0: i just can't state it enough that the inspectors are not infallible neither are the appraisers nobody is infallible here i'll give you a perfect example when we were selling the same house i was just telling you about i was there when the inspector came and the inspector came and he was over at our range and he was turning the gas range he was turning the knob and he was turning it past the igniter and sitting there and waiting i watched him notate down He's like, none of the burners work. That's weird. What? And I was like, well, dude, so who doesn't know that? That's an inspector.
1: Yeah. That you have
0: to stop, let it click.
1: That blows my mind. Yeah. And
0: then it lights. Like every idiot on the planet knows that. (laughs) He put in his report that the range didn't work. Now, it may not seem like a big deal, but in a house like my house, that is a very expensive That is not a little cheap. Don't worry about it. I'll just spot you brand for the new one. That's not what this is. Yeah. And he just didn't do it right. I went over there while he was writing out the report and I was like, dude, you just like this. And it lit fine. Oh, what'd you do there? I'm like, well, (laughs) you stop on the freaking. This is not that complicated. So I'll just say it again. Like, you're going to get an inspection report. It's going to have a whole bunch of crap. We negotiate getting that stuff fixed. So, it was like, in my case, if that had actually made the report and they were trying to negotiate with me, I'd be like, bring your happy butts over here. I'll light them right now for you. Yeah. I'm not fixing that. It's not broken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And sometimes there's just stupid crap like that on a report. And when you talk to the seller, they're like, I'm not fixing that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not changing the light bulb for you. No. Sorry. Not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's absurd, some of the stuff.
1: Exactly. And so, having some like, I don't know, spending the time, I guess, to look through your inspection report. And one thing that I've done is I've called the inspector before. If something seems off or I have a question, like be a great thing right there. Like how do none of the burners work? How do these people cook food? How do they live there? Yeah. Then if
0: none of the burners work. Exactly. Oh, I, don't know. I would
1: be saying, Hey, can you tell me more about that? Right? So calling the inspector. And every inspector we've ever worked with has said, happy to answer like a phone call and go through this. So that's what I mind.
0: So what else keeps people up at night when they're buying a property? Oh out of state.
1: That they want to handle repairs themselves, that they will save money no, you don't. that way. No, you don't. I don't think so. No, but you don't. If I had a rental here, I'd probably still hire no, out i mean plumbing maybe maybe a uh, caulking <laughs> but no i have to drive there no. i have to spend the time that's worth something no you know what come on
0: no you don't people you do not want to do that you do not want to do that
1: yeah that is not a passive investment anymore no
0: please let me help you if you are a handyman and you have time on your hands there is a very large shortage of handymen services out there where you could make money doing the same tasks, probably 10 or 15 times the amount of money that you would save by going and doing the same repair to your own house. So please, for the love of all that is holy, if this is you and your own properties right now, save yourself. You do not want to do your own repairs and you do not want to manage your own properties. Okay.
1: You don't want to take the calls. I mean, I just, okay, sorry, I keep giving stories, but I just helped a husband and wife with a 1031 exchange. They managed property where they live and the... You're welcome. I know. (laughs) They really liked being hands-on is what they said. And then I heard the wife. It was amazing. The wife, I wish I could have recorded the tone. She said something to the effect of, I just don't want to manage our own stuff anymore. And like the sigh, I just can't even try to duplicate that. But it was just like, Mm -hmm. I'm so... Mm -hmm. My husband does it and I'm tired of it. And she said, I don't want to do that anymore. I had to remind her of that probably four times because it went back to the same things we talked about. Oh, property manager its more expensive. We can save money self-managing. Maybe we'll buy where we live. And I said, do you remember the tone that you had and your (laughs) level of exhaustion just yesterday? Oh
0: my gosh. And look, this is a mental issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some
0: control. There is abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset. And when you are stepping over dollar bills to pick up nickels, you have fully entered the scarcity zone and you just don't understand what your time is worth. That's the truth. So sorry if you don't like hearing that, but that's the truth. You just don't know what your time is worth. Yeah. If you still want to do all of that crap. In addition, what are we doing all of this for anyway? Hopefully, it's like someday to not have to do anything and if you don't want to, but specifically to do the things that you want to do. Yes. I highly doubt that high on anybody's list is going over because somebody clogged the toilet and unclogging a toilet. I highly doubt that that is on your bucket list. Yep. So, if it's not on your bucket list, as Kenny Chesney would say, you change the B to an F and you just... Stop it. Yeah. Make a different list. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Put all that stuff on the other list, the B to an F list, and then you keep your bucket list. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, if I had a stock, I wouldn't be trying to save a few nickels here or there to go into the company. Heather, we should fly out
0: and visit (gasps) with the CEO.
1: Right? Or go repair the toilets. So that it saves that company At money, the so companies' that yes. your stock is worth a little bit more money. Yes, I mean it's the same type of mentality of like if I could just save a few nickels, you know. But
0: I think let's do it.
1: If I owned any stock, I'm so all in in real <laughs> estate. Do I don't even own any stock, but it's just that it's passive. It's an investment. You're also, I mean, we haven't even talked about this, but you're helping to grow those people that are managing the asset for you. It allows someone to have an income. And you don't have to do it. So I'm belaboring this and I know it.
0: Well, we've talked about this in other podcasts. It just kind of was bled into this one because I just can't understand why anyone would opt to manage properties unless you're trying to turn it into a business and run it really, really well. And then still, God bless those people because I've done that and it sucks. And for a person to desire that in their lives, I just don't think they know what they're talking about. And or they've been on a whole bunch of websites online that have beat it into your skull for however long you've been visiting those sites that you have to self-manage because that's the only way to do things, which is just not true. Exactly. So Mm. buying out of state is not that difficult. It really isn't. The first time you do it, it'll be Just like anything else, the first time you do it, it'll be a little scary. Then after you close and you get your money, you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. Yeah. Now, the first time something major happens at your house, you can be like, this sucks. I should sell all of this stuff. Why did I even ever do this? And then you're going to look at the value of your property. You're going to look at how much the tenants have paid down your debt. You're going to look at all the tax advantages and you're going to look at the cash flow and you're going to go, okay, I'm going to replace the HVAC system. I'm going to keep the house and this is not that bad. It's definitely not as bad as if you owned Budweiser stock Yeah, and some moron tanks the company with one advertisement. And I don't know if you've seen, but it's not soaring back up. So if you own the stock, someone you've never heard of, not mm-hmm. the CEO, literally tanked the stock that you owned, just obliterated it. And that kind of stuff happens, not all the time, but it happens often. And replacing an HVAC system is not the same thing.
1: Yep, write it off on your taxes.
0: (laughs) That just bled right in there too, Heather. I don't know how that
1: happened. Yes, exactly. Mm, So passionate about this, you guys. It's not that hard. It's actually really fun and kind of fun challenge. It's a great way to diversify, be outside of your local area. Man, there's so many advantages, affordability, and the home prices are cheaper. So you have lower rent cost to the price of the home. I mean, there's just so many, so many good things buying remotely is the best.
0: I think that's good. If you guys have any other reasons why investing from out of state is a challenge, let us know Mm -hmm. and we can come on here. And I'm sure there's a 12-step program for that too, whatever it is. Until next week, get out there and make it happen. Mm -hmm. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.